Episode 3. The Protestant Boy King. John Calvin was born on 10 July 1509 in Picardie, France. He was a French theologian and pastor in Geneva during the Protestant Reformation, the leading French Protestant reformer and the most important figure in the second generation of the Protestant Reformation. John Calvin's interpretation of Christianity, in his Institutes of the Christian Religion, first published in Basel, Switzerland, was a seminal work of systematic theology. Systematic theology aims to provide a logical and understandable explanation of the beliefs of the Christian religion. The Institutes was intended as an introductory textbook on the Protestant doctrine of the Trinity, designed for individuals possessing prior theological knowledge. It explored various subjects, including church teachings, sacraments, faith-based salvation, and Christian liberty. Calvin's conversion from Catholicism to Protestantism had led him to attack the teachings of the Catholic Church, making his work highly influential in Protestant theology. Seen as a cornerstone for Reformed churches and their adoption of Calvinist doctrine, the text holds significant importance. The work was first published in Latin in 1536, coinciding with Henry VIII's dissolution of English monasteries, a pivotal event in England's religious history. Only later, in 1541, was it translated into his native French. Life in France was increasingly dangerous for so-called heretic Protestants. Fearing for his life, Calvin had fled his native country in 1534, journeying to Basel, Ferrara, Geneva, and Strasbourg, then back to Geneva. While passing through Geneva, the young John Calvin was introduced to William Farrell who wished Calvin to stay with him in Geneva and help aid the Protestant churches. Calvin, more inclined to study than preach, told Farrell that he did not feel he was suitable, but the old reformer literally shouted him down, saying may God curse you and your studies if you do not join me here in the work he has called you to. Calvin finally consented and the two began a lifelong friendship. Shy and reserved, he would have preferred to spend his life in study but found himself propelled into religious politics. In time, with the authority of the Geneva City Council, he became the religious dictator of Protestant Geneva, empowered to root out all manifestations of Catholicism and immorality. The regime Calvin installed was openly totalitarian, with a religious police inspecting homes for compliance with strict rules. Religious symbols and behaviors, such as rosaries or naming children after saints, were banned. Art, music and theater were suppressed, and personal choices in dress and food were regulated. 
Offenses like gambling, adultery, heresy and disrespecting clergy would lead to exile or execution. The press also faced severe censorship. Education was closely tied to religion with new schools teaching maths, writing, history and biblical languages. Charity was managed municipally. Most often, people remember William Farrell for persuading John Calvin to stay in Geneva in 1536, and for convincing him to return there in 1541, after their expulsion in 1538. The established authorities' resistance led to a brief period of banishment for Farrell, but the Bern government granted him the liberty of worship again, and he was able to resume his preaching. Farrell didn't accompany Calvin back to Geneva. Instead, he relocated to Neuchâtel and spent the remainder of his life there, maintaining regular contact with Calvin. In 1558, when he was 69, Farrell married Marie Thorell, who was a teenager. It was reported that Calvin was shocked by the marriage, fearing that his friend's scandalous action would inflict irreparable damage on the cause of the Reformation throughout Europe. In his final year, Farrell was invited to preach in Metz, he died on 13 September, 1565 while still in Metz. A monument to him was unveiled at Neuchâtel on 4 May, 1876. The institutional and social patterns that Calvin worked out for Geneva would profoundly influence Protestantism elsewhere in Europe, and North America. Calvinism, named after the French theologian John Calvin, teaches unconditional election. Unconditional election simply means that God's election, or choice of those who would be saved, is not conditioned upon or influenced by anything outside God himself. The premise here is the inherent wickedness of mankind, and their inability to renounce sin independently or choose God. Consequently, we are chosen only through God's sovereign irresistible grace and mercy. On the other hand, an alternative view is Arminianism, named after the Dutch theologian Jacobus Arminius. His, is the teaching of conditional election, proposing, that man can choose, and that God, in his foreknowledge of the universe, knew that we would believe in him and elected us. Ulrich Zwingli was born on 1 January 1484 in Wilhaus in the Swiss Confederation. He led Switzerland's Reformation, during a time of emerging patriotism. His belief, was that the state governed only through divine sanction and that both church and state were subject to the sovereign rule of God. Christians were obliged to obey the government, but civil disobedience was allowed if the authorities were to act against the will of God. Zwingli and Bulliner held regular debates with their students and disciples, who were expressing concern over the slow progress of the Reformation. Throughout these debates, they consistently questioned the validity of baptizing infants. Zwingli encouraged young men to meet and study the sacred texts together helping to shape core beliefs and the course of Switzerland's Protestant Reformation. On the evening of 21 January 1525, Conrad Greville baptized George Blorock, a former Catholic priest, in the Zurich home of Felix Mance, and the movement known as Anabaptism was born. Anabaptism means, baptized again, and for decades it was employed as a term of abuse, only later adopted as a badge of honor. The events of that January evening were the culmination of a relatively lengthy process of thought and debate. However, having opened Pandora's box, and fearful of the consequences such an action might have with the city authorities, Zwingli tried to contain the situation and its potential fallout. 
he banned future discussions, and the authorities quickly followed it up and banned all future meetings, but it was too late. 1531 Swiss Kappel Wars, Zwingli's reformed cantons attempted an unsuccessful food blockade on the Catholics. However, when the Catholic cantons responded with an attack, Zurich was caught off guard, and Zwingli was killed on the battlefield. His legacy lives on in the confessions, liturgy, and church orders of current-day reformed churches, where his spiritual contribution continues to shape their practices and beliefs. Anabaptism originated within the Protestant Reformation of the 16th century, and was founded upon a differing belief of baptism from the Catholic Church. The movement's most distinctive principle or belief was that of adult baptism. In its first generation, converts submitted to a second baptism, which under the legal codes at the time was a capital offense. Members rejected the label Anabaptist or Rebaptizer, rejecting their infant baptisms as a blasphemous formality. The group believed that only adult baptism, following a public confession of sin and faith, was the correct form, sharing Zwingli's view that infants should not be held accountable for sin until they can differentiate between right and wrong, and choose to repent and receive baptism. The Anabaptists also believed that the church, the community of those who have made a public commitment of faith, should be held separate from the state. As a result, they were widely persecuted for their teachings regarding baptism and the perceived danger they posed to the political and social order. The Anabaptist movement was to inspire several Christian groups worldwide, such as the modern Baptists, Quakers, and Mennonites. A member of the Protestant churches, Mennonites were named after Menno Simons, a Dutch priest who consolidated and institutionalized the work initiated by moderate Anabaptist leaders. Mennonites can trace their origins back to the Swiss Brethren, a group of Anabaptists who emerged in 1525 near Zurich as a result of a disagreement with Ulrich Zwingli. Anabaptist leaders Konrad Grevel and Felix Manns challenged the practice of infant baptism on biblical grounds. However, their main concern was the definition of the church, believing that only individuals who publicly professed their faith in Jesus Christ should be included. Despite persecution, their beliefs gained popularity, and the movement grew for a while before eventually being scattered across Europe. Today, Mennonites can be found in many countries, with some of the largest concentrations in the United States and Canada. The English Reformation began in the 1530s when Henry VIII separated the Church of England from the Roman Catholic Church, and the Pope's authority. In 1533, Henry was unsuccessful in obtaining Pope Clement VII's approval for his annulment. As a result, Parliament endorsed the king's claim to be supreme head of the Church of England, thereby giving him the authority to annul his marriage to Catherine of Aragon and lawfully marry Anne Boleyn. At the time, Thomas Cromwell was one of the most powerful advocates of the English Reformation and the creator of genuine English governance. His objective now was to guide the newly formed Church of England towards evangelical principles and progressive reforms. Henry alternated between favoring his Protestant advisers and his traditional ones, who were determined to uphold Catholic doctrines and practices. Throughout his rule, the English population comprised mainly non-Protestants. The name Puritans, who were sometimes called precisionists, was initially a term of contempt, assigned to the movement by its enemies. The origins of Puritanism can be traced back to the early stages of the English Reformation. Although the epithet first emerged in the 1560s, the movement had begun in the 1530s, 
when King Henry VIII repudiated papal authority transforming the Church of Rome into the State Church of England. To Puritans, this new Church of England retained too much of the liturgy and ritual of Roman Catholicism, and was also causing difficulties for mainstream Protestants. By the 1540s, Lutherans and the Swiss Reformed churches opposed each other on predestination and the display of religious images. The Reformed individuals held the belief that statues, stained glass, and the exhibition of pictures in the church were idolatrous. Disliking the symbolic use of traditional clerical attire, they preferred their ministers to wear black gowns, aiming to substitute the ornate rituals of the medieval church with simple services of prayer and preaching. In January 1547, following the death of King Henry VIII, his son Edward VI ascended to the throne at the age of nine. Edward was the first English monarch to be brought up as a Protestant. Since Edward did not reach adulthood during his reign, a regency council was established to govern his kingdom. At first, the council was under the guidance of Edward Seymour, the first Duke of Somerset, until 1549. Following that, John Dudley, the first Earl of Warwick took over as the leader of the council. Under Edward, Protestant theology was incorporated into a new liturgy within the 1549 Book of Common Prayer, and even more explicitly later in the 1552 revision. Religious parades were now banned, however, clergymen were permitted to marry. The act of praying for the dead, conducting requiem masses, and establishing chantry foundations, all these practices were abolished. During the reign of King Henry VIII, the English Parliament granted its consent to the Third Succession Act in July 1543. This act replaced both the First and Second Succession Acts. The previous acts had declared Henry's daughters, Mary and Elizabeth, illegitimate, thereby excluding them from inheriting the throne. With the support of Edward VI, fresh legislation was introduced to reinstate Mary and Elizabeth as potential successors after Edward, and any potential offspring he might have. However, due to certain conditions, it remained unclear where exactly Mary and Elizabeth stood in the line of succession. During Edward VI's first year as ruler, Parliament enacted the Treason Act of 1547. This particular law holds significance because it established the precedent that two witnesses are required to substantiate charges of treason. When Edward VI acceded to the English throne in 1547, the Protestant reformers saw an opportunity to make significant changes to the Church of England. Archbishop Thomas Cranmer, who was in regular contact with the Continental reformers, invited Peter Viamigli, an Italian-born reformed theologian, to assist in their effort. Viamigli was primarily a scriptural teacher, but his lasting influence is mainly associated with his doctrine of the Eucharist. Contrary to the Catholic doctrine of transubstantiation, Viamigli did not believe that bread and wine was changed into Christ's body and blood. He also disagreed with the Lutheran view that Christ's body is ubiquitous and can be physically present at the Eucharist. Instead, Viamigli taught that Christ remains in heaven even though he is offered to those who partake of the Eucharist and received by believers. Viamigli accepted Cranmer's invitation, traveling to England in November from the Holy Roman Empire where he had previously been elected canon of St. Thomas Church Strasbourg. In 1548, he replaced Richard Smith, becoming the second Regis Professor of Divinity, an influential post at Oxford University an institution that had been somewhat resistant to embracing Protestant reforms, until now. 
The widespread uprisings, known as the Prayer Book Rebellion that took place in 1549, forced Viermigli to leave Oxford and resettle at Lambeth Palace alongside Cranmer. The confrontations were the result of conservative opposition towards a vernacular liturgy, which had been imposed by the Book of Common Prayer during Pentecost. Pentecost, also called Whit Sunday or Whitson, is a Christian holiday occurring on the 50th day, or the seventh Sunday after Easter Sunday. It celebrates the time the Holy Spirit descended upon the twelve disciples of Jesus. The most significant reform in Edward's reign was the introduction and acceptance of an English liturgy, replacing the customary Latin ceremonies. The Church of England and other Anglican churches, still use variations of the original version of the 1549 Book of Common Prayer, as their official liturgical book. The prayer book was primarily a product of Thomas Cranmer's efforts, who borrowed from a large number of other sources. The doctrine of justification by faith is implicitly included in the 1549 Book of Common Prayer, while the Catholic beliefs of transubstantiation and the sacrifice of the Mass are rejected. Instead, it teaches that the Eucharist serves as a remembrance and representation of Christ's sacrifice, rather than being a sacrifice itself. While reflecting Cranmer's Protestant theology, the book also incorporates traditional forms and sacramental language from medieval Catholic liturgies. Critics among the Protestants argued that it was too rooted in tradition. And eventually it was replaced with the significantly revised 1552 Book of Common Prayer. As a result of the controversies, in the winter of 1549, Cranmer started work revising the Book of Common Prayer. In late 1549, the Convocation of Canterbury was also engaged in discussions regarding concerns that had arisen with regard to the prayer book. During his time in Lambeth, Viermigli became extensively engaged in the politics of the English Church. However, after the liturgy issues had been settled, Viermigli was allowed to return to Oxford. In 1550, Viermigli and Martin Bucer gave their recommendations to Cranmer, regarding changes to the Eucharistic liturgy in the Book of Common Prayer. In January 1551, Viermigli was appointed the first canon of Christchurch, and in October, he was invited to join the commission responsible for revising England's canon law. Towards the end of the year, the commission drafted a preliminary version of the laws, which John Fox later published as the Reformation of Ecclesiastical Laws. Peter Marta Viermigli was born on 8 September 1499 in Florence. He was a leading Italian religious reformer whose chief concern was Eucharistic doctrine. He influenced many other Italians to convert through his early work as a reformer in Catholic Italy. His decision to flee for Protestant Northern Europe helped establish and support a significant Protestant refugee population in Geneva. Viermigli had a significant impact on the English Reformation by influencing Thomas Cranmer. Before their meeting, Cranmer held beliefs about the Eucharist that aligned with Lutheranism. Viermigli possibly persuaded Cranmer to adopt a more reformed perspective, altering the course of the English Reformation. Cranmer revised the Book of Common Prayer and authored the 42 Articles. During his time in England, Viermigli made alterations to the Book of Common Prayer of 1552, specifically focusing on the Eucharistic service. Historians believe that he contributed to, or even wrote, the article on predestination, found in the 42 Articles of Religion of 1553.
Viermigli's theology in Elizabethan Oxford and Cambridge arguably had more influence than Calvin's, playing a significant role in shaping the Elizabethan religious settlement through his political theology. Written in 1562, Viermigli's Locky Communes, known as Commonplaces, is a collection of thematic discussions set within his biblical commentaries. Printed in Latin in 1576, it provided a concise overview of fundamental principles in Christian theology, as well as contentious issues arising from the Protestant Reformation. It became a standard textbook in Reformed theological education, and was especially popular with English theology students in the 17th century. Settlers introduced the English version of Locke Communes to the Massachusetts Bay Colony, where it was adopted by Harvard College as an indispensable study resource. New England Puritan scholars held Veer Migley's writings in high esteem, and were more commonly found in the collections of 17th-century Harvard theology students than Calvin's. Peter Veer Migley passed away aged 63 on 12 November 1562, in his Zurich home after succumbing to an epidemic fever, and was laid to rest in the city's Grossmünster Cathedral. Veer Migley is best known for his strong written and spoken attacks against the Catholic doctrine of transubstantiation advocating for the alternative, reformed doctrine of sacramental presence. He maintained that transubstantiation, a doctrine affirming the transformation of bread and wine into Christ's flesh and blood, lacked any scriptural support. Viermigli's political theology was important in the Elizabethan religious settlement. He provided theological justification for royal supremacy, the principle that the king of a territory rather than any ecclesiastical authority rules its church. Viermigli had also developed a strong doctrine of double predestination, independently of John Calvin. His interpretation was that God's will determines both damnation and salvation, and in that respect, Viermigli's belief is similar to Calvin's. Despite this, he did not view predestination as central to his theological system. He believed that God had selected individuals for salvation solely based on grace or undeserved favor without taking into account any good or evil qualities, a view he referred to as unconditional election. From November 1552 to July 1553, the 1552 Book of Common Prayer, also known as the Second Prayer Book of Edward VI, served as the official liturgy for the Church of England. Many, in the English religious establishment under Edward VI, believed the 1549 prayer book was to be the first step in moving towards a more completely reformed and Protestant religion. The reformers objected to both the services and what they perceived as excessively elaborate altars and vestments for the clergy. Archbishop Cranmer was himself one of these reformers, and the result was the revision of 1552, intended to move the church in a more Protestant direction. The changes made in this prayer book were extensive, adding the daily opening sentences of scripture, exhortation, confession, and absolution to morning and evening prayer. The communion service was amended, to make ambiguous, the traditional Catholic doctrine of the real presence of Christ in the sacraments. The Book of Common Prayer was introduced in late 1552, just six months before the death of Edward VI, the Protestant boy king. <laughs>